SoCal QOL. Hello, hello. It is Financial Friday. And we are so happy that you are listening to this podcast. Before I go any further, I'm just going to say that our guest on this podcast was so informative and so helpful, not only for me, but I know for everyone who hears it, who is is in need of life insurance with living benefits. He was, or I should say I was, fortunate enough to be on his, basically his financial team, his life insurance team for the past almost a year now. And I've just learned so much from him and having his guidance through just the ins and outs of, of why we need life insurance, but also the, the writer of, you know, having living benefits and what that is and why it's important and how it essentially could have solved uh, a problem that was in his family. But unfortunately, it was too late and and we don't want to see that happen to anybody anybody else. I mean, that's initially why uh, our guest Stephen was almost like brought back in to the insurance industry was for this reason, because it was so important to get this message out to other people because it can literally save lives and really help not only the wellness of, of everyone included, but also the quality of life of everyone included. So without further ado, here is our Financial Friday episode number 11 with Stephen Pooh. We initially met in a creative space that was more to do with music and the right. arts. And so I know that that's still a big part of who you are. And, and being a creative person tends to, you know, you're going to be open to looking for ways to, to do things that aren't necessarily... Um, traditional all the time. Right. hundred percent. And, uh, it's just, it's just funny what us as humans need to go through in order to like, you know, uh, you know, like how a diamond is made or, or simply totally like just the stuff we have to go through to get, to get the picture or just to understand who we are. And, um, let's see. I should be able to start the video from my my little camera or my watch. Can you tell? But yeah, from here so that, if it's doing it or not. Yeah, I'll I'll usually check it anyways, just because I'm weird like that. But I've had multiple times where I'll like try to, I'll try to like use the watch while I'm filming. Yeah. So like, cause you can you can focus and you can do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, um, it's technology, and sometimes it just doesn't work the way you would like but it's just cool because i can i can just make sure like we're in the frame right okay that makes and sense and then i can focus it okay if, like our heads are chopped off which mine is okay but all in all like you know what today could be is just obviously an introduction for people to sure. know what pfa is um, or just, or let's actually say living benefits or like why. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's just, you know, now we're recording, so that's good. Um, but for the most part, it's just, you know, 
it's us sharing why sure. you know why we would sell life insurance right and, and right why and it why, would help people and why and, people would buy it um, yeah but uh so thank you sure 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 sir thank Steven. you yeah thank you um it's a you know it's an increasingly i think important topic from from my perspective right um and there are people who see it you know and there are people who who really who really don't yeah. there are people who like the idea of insurance and people who don't and uh, I think living benefits really does a lot to make it um, you know a little bit less morbid of a topic right a little right. bit more helpful of a topic yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and and because I think the the initial reaction to I mean any insurance is always a negative feeling for sure because you're, you're spending money that you could potentially put somewhere else right and use now right but that's kind of the benefit of living benefits is you've got this instant like kind of gratification feeling because you're investing in something that's not only you know kind of adding money accumulating money right like an investment but also you're able to tap into it if the scenario arises and right and i don't i mean I, I know you've mentioned the statistics, which you can more than happy to rattle off again, but, and I know it's been a while, so I don't know if they've changed, but, um, the mo for the most part, it's not common. Living benefits are not common. Yeah. In general, right. I mean, we've, we've, we see maybe, um, it probably is close to a thousand insurance companies established now in the country. Uh, last right. I checked was like 963 of them and a handful of us um like 14 of us offer living benefits yeah and um you know that's that's great that's a yeah. start yeah uh, i do hope that um living benefits that don't increase the cost of insurance you know because as i understand it they they these riders don't make the cost of insurance go up right that's what I'm hoping would become something that consumers end up demanding right. because they are, you don't have to use them, but mm -hmm. if they're there for you and you want to use them, you can, Yeah. right? These accelerated benefits, the more, the more general term, um, they're, you know, uh, I, I recently renewed my license. So oh, the yeah. test does have, you know, the material does have accelerated benefits on there. So it, it nice. is part of the licensing. We are all supposed to know what accelerated benefits are, but not every company has them, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, National Life Group paid out. I, it's been for the last couple of years, like 2.1 to 2.3 billion dollars. Uh, in living benefits wow. per you know per year they they measure that statistic for themselves every year right. and uh, two billion is is quite a bit so yeah. I'm 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 thankful for that you know yeah yeah and I'm I'm sure you know compared to how much was put into the policies and stuff I mean it's 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 a good number you know regardless yeah. and yeah. the fact that they're willing to to have that be a part of their their brand or their company or their motto or their methods is just, it's important because it goes to show like the industry is not dead. The industry is actually thriving no, because there's yeah. things like this that are, that are, are now available. And for the most part, I don't know. I just, like we've talked about, it doesn't, it doesn't seem very open and, and free of a conversation because like you just said, billions of dollars are going to, the customer and right. and that's something that i think an insurance company sees as probably a negative thing 
versus, you know, sometimes, sometimes you should get something for free, you know, even though you didn't pass away, you still yeah. can access. Yeah. Them, so. It's, um, I mean, I think the industry should be thriving in the current financial climate also because we're talking about um, life insurance plans that develop cash value, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's one of the, one, one of the main reasons I'm, that I'm, that I have the policy that I have, right. um, because I'm going to be looking at tax-free retirement vehicles for myself, right. right? I have, I'm a school teacher. I have a 403B option available to me. That's what we would call from a tax standpoint, a qualified plan. Mm -hmm. And that money is pre-tax money. I never see that money. It gets pulled out of my paycheck before I even get the paycheck. And so when I take distribution on those things, I am going to be taxed. That's going to be taxable income for me when I take those distributions. Second thing I have as a teacher is a pension. Same story. Right. So when I take that money out, I will be taxed. And the tax I will have to pay will be the tax rate that's operative, that's assessed at that time. Yeah. So I'm 35. If I think I'm going to retire 30 years from now, do I think in 30 years that the tax rate will be higher than now or do I think it will be lower than now? Right. So now I'm kind of making this bet, right? And I'm right. thinking, right, well, let me look at a couple of things. Let's look at the deficit that we Let's have. Let's diversify. Right, we've got a deficit. Yeah. We've, we've got Social Security underfunded. We have um, longevity of these retirees kind of, mm-hmm. you know, getting, getting, getting up there. So I, I'm in a situation where I'm looking at this government and thinking, well, maybe we, we can, well, either we will raise taxes or we will cut costs or we will do some combination of those two. I right. certainly sort of don't expect taxes to go down. Um, so since that's my position it makes sense for me to put in place some tax-free retirement vehicles. Yeah, yeah. And life insurance can be one of them. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, let me, before I forget. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to share with you just this new, I guess, the path that I feel like I'm going to be on for decades, mm-hmm. uh, which is exciting because I feel like when we, when any of us figure out something that we th- we think we can actually keep up with yes. and sustain Let's for years, you know, yeah. like music, like Let's do it. essentially once you pick up an instrument, you can kind of be like, yeah, I could probably do this for a couple decades. Like yeah. this, this could be fun. I could do it. Even, yeah. even if it's, you know, not the end all goal or it's not the main career, but so, you know, and I, I know I've shared it with you, but the, the situation like with my father, the business that we were, we were partnering together to, to, essentially build so that it would withstand the economy, withstand the new markets, withstand, you know, Gen Z and like, you know, like the future. Yes. Well, I, you know, I I came to terms with it a few years ago that, you know, my dad and I just didn't see eye to eye with that, which is, which is fine because, you know, he's, he's a baby boomer. He, he sees himself as at the end of his career. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. essentially the best thing that he could do is just say, Hey, well, this is an opportunity. I might not necessarily be able to like teach you everything and mm-hmm. go through the ropes essentially, but mm-hmm. I, I have this here and I would love in the future to have my book of business or at least a portion of it go to you, whatever that means. And so for the past year, which has probably been 
either the best year of my life or just more so just the most enlightening because mm. I'm learning as I'm getting all congested. Um, but um, yeah, it's it, it, it came to a point where I realized that, okay, what is a business? Mm-hmm. My father has what I would call a job. He owns his own job, which, you know, supported our family. Right. You know, he's able to have his own lifestyle that, that works for him. He loves music. So he goes to concerts all the time, all that great stuff. So his quality of life is great. Um, in that regard. And so, but when I looked at it, I was like, well, I want to hire employees. I want to, I want to, I want to build to scale. I want to, I want to have like different locations and like, that's, that's how I work. You know, I work in groups. Right. And so the idea of just having a singular income stream of just me talking to individuals, uh, that are my clients didn't really connect the dots. So as I sat back and went, okay, well, what is a business to me? Okay, I'm, I'm researching, I'm listening, I'm watching videos, I'm trying to read books and, and make sense of, of what it is to me. Long story short, it came into, okay, well, business is, you know, for the most part is like a 500 plus employee company, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's a big number, Large, but yeah. even like my wife, she's, she works for restaurant industry or in the <laughs> restaurant industry and the owners that she works for have a few different restaurants and so so far they've got about after five years six years they've got 100 employees which oh after five years okay that's that kind of makes sense that feels a little bit less overwhelming yeah so i'm like okay and then and then essentially what is a business um as far as branding goes so i'm like okay well what are the brands i trust you know what are the companies that regardless of whatever they put out i actually consider buying it Mm -hmm. before i even consider like well you know, do I necessarily need it? Mm-hmm. It's more so like, well, I trust the brand. I trust the company. I like what they do. I like what they stand for. So let's, you know, let's see what, what they think I need, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's see what I didn't know I wanted right. kind of thing. Right. And then how it is incorporated in my life. So, um, long drawn out story, I know, but, uh, I, I started bouncing around with obviously, you know, health insurance, life insurance, and, um, ever since, as you know, I, my weight loss, mm-hmm. you know, this past year too, I've, I lost like 60 pounds. I, I changed my diet. I changed my, my activity, my lifestyle in a way that was not only, uh, better for me, but it was sustainable mm-hmm. and it was realistic. I understand now what, you know, a carb is versus, you know, a protein, which sounds so dumb you know, I probably should have known that for the past 20 years, but I just, I didn't have to think about it, I right. guess. Right. Because my body was, you know, metabolizing and all that good stuff. Um, so, so yeah, I, I started bouncing around, okay, well, the quality of life, you know, the QOL of, of myself now is so much better than it was, um, even when I started working for my dad's business. And mm-hmm. so, and I was like, okay, the quality of life, uh, the definition is uh, the standard of health, comfort, happiness experienced by an individual group and when i hear individual group i'm like that's that's small business a small employee uh and can't talk uh small business employee benefits it's also individual like health insurance it's that it's it's kind of in the definition to me that's how i related it and then i'm like okay well the quality of life of where i'm like okay well i love southern california like from san diego to la i've just lived everywhere i've I felt what each each city feels like, and mm-hmm. I just I'm excited to be in Orange County because it's in the middle and I can travel. 
But uh, so the name I came up with was uh, SoCal QOL. So Mm -hmm. Southern California Quality of Life. Mm -hmm. And then it branched into um, the fact that I do want to one day create a wellness program for individuals, but also groups or companies that can can have this be a part of their employee benefits to where they, they're not just paying for something and then they get something back. It's more like they're enlightened. They're the things that I went through, the transformation that I had and the understanding that was so empowering to me. It almost like once I had that, everything else kind of made sense. Mm -hmm. My, my business ideas made sense. My, my relationship with my spouse made sense. You know, my, my, my relationships in general with human beings was making sense. I was actually able to make decisions that for the most part seemed super strong. Like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Or I don't want to work for this company or whatever, which I think a lot of us struggle with. We we struggle with the idea of going, okay, occupational wellness. Like I don't have the type of gratification that I would, or I would have thought I would have had in this company or this brand or this, you know, business. I need to change something, but I don't know what to do. So, you know, there's like eight different types of wellness, which I didn't know, you know, environmental, uh, emotional, financial, like I said, occupational, intellectual, spiritual, social. It's like, there's like so many different aspects of wellness and it just, it, it just got me excited. So, um, obviously with, you know, life insurance and, um, and health insurance, but it's, it's, it's a part of almost financial wellness to, for sure. to, you know, then it can branch into the emotional because if you know that if something goes wrong and you don't have that stress, right. Like you're actually relaxed. You're, you, you, you can see a, a problem, you know, in the future and just go, well, I've got this to take care of that. Yes. You know, yes. that it, you, you don't have to even bat an eyelash to any problem now because you're set up to win. Right. And so, yeah, essentially that's the future of, of, of my dad's business. And, and it's something that, you know, we're, we're figuring out like the living trust and the, yeah, the contracts totally. to, to branch over the totally. future of that. But, but the good thing is, is that, you know, I've got the direction, I've got the brand, I've got the company. I just got to start, you know, empowering other people. Um, and a lot of it has to do with things like this, like being able to document a conversation with someone like you, sure, who's you. very well informed, who's showed me the ropes, who's let me be on his team and, and be a part of, 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 you know, the future of life insurance essentially. But, uh, but yeah, so as I share all that, um, I would love for you to just, you know, explain, you know, why you had a transformation of, you know, going from being a full-time instructor, teacher, to also selling, you know, life insurance right. with living benefits. Right. Um, there are a number of things. I mean, I, I just let me connect to this quality of life yeah, concept because um, you're, I think you're spot on. You know, I think peace of mind is a big part of what the industry has always been offering. Yeah. Um, right. And, and I do have people who say, well, you mean if I get hit by a truck? Right. Uh, yes. Right. Sure. You know, but, but also now uh, if you become ill, Right. There are different levels of coverage depending on the company and the product that you look at. Um, and, and it's important to me to have as comprehensive of coverage as you can have. Yeah. Um, 
So there's, there's that peace of mind part. I work a lot with young people who are going to be adults in a minute. And I see them every day um, growing a little bit in their ability to make decisions, in their ability to decide what they want rather than being steered and told what right. they want. High school kids, you know, they, some of them, they're real go-getters and some of them, they'd much rather follow much more of the time. Yeah. And in, I teach in the performing arts, which is very fortunate yeah. for me because the environment is really uh, conducive to, to kids uh, challenging themselves to grow in access to their courage, yeah. right? They've got to put themselves out there. They've got to be vulnerable in some measure. You sing, I sing, these kids sing. And when you sing, your body is the instrument, you make the sound, right? right? It's, it's even more connected to that access of courage concept than, um, say, playing an instrument, right. I think. You know, right. as, a, as a pianist and a violinist, I don't, I don't feel as much of a need to dig out my courage mm-hmm. to perform something on the piano as I, as I would as a singer. Right. So, so we're working on that every day. And what keeps me up at night is whether or not the kids have enough opportunity available to them. Um, and some um, shots they can call alongside companies they work with. Yeah. And some shots they may want to call like your father, owning their business and growing it to scale like you're talking about is definitely like another step. Right. right? There are a lot of people who have a high, uh, high earnings potential skill, right? If you can take your skill and you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year on that skill, right? then you have a high worth skill. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just do that until they can become investors. And as investors, they let their money work and then that grows for them and they become able to right. sustain their quality of life, right. at least financially. These you know, eight kinds of wellness you're talking about are definitely connected, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when one of those types of wellness falls, Others, other aspects, other facets of it will will feel it probably. Sure. I mean, I don't think any of us compartmentalizes to the point of, you know, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is a. I mean, that was a strict mental discipline to say, okay, I have financial stress, but I'm not gonna let it bother me. Right. That's really hard, right? right? So, um, and not always, um, not always real. I right. think or not how al- it works. Not always true, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it's that. We, we seek to, we seek to, through our service, take care of different aspects, right? For young people that I work with, I want them to take a look at their financial future beyond just the next step. Graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm sharing it with the high school kids, I'm not, but maybe right. with their families, right? Mm-hmm. Their families may or may not have something in place already. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the kids that I've worked with who have graduated and become adults and they've now gone on to college or they've graduated from college and they've come back, right? They all need to carve out their space and they all hope for a good future. And a good future is there for people who plan for a good future. And these financial structures that we're working in with insurance, they, they exist not 
solely to help people who already have a lot of money. Mm. And they exist not solely to help people who don't have a lot of money. They exist and they help the people who understand them. But we don't necessarily teach people financial planning or financial health, right? From a very early time, we don't reinforce kind of, you know, what is compound interest? Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes in math class, you may take a look at compound interest and see the power of that, Right, right. right? But until you put some real numbers to it, and you say, look, if you if you take a Roth IRA out and you put the maximum that you can each year in, you know, and, and you do that from the time you're 22 to the time you're 65, you will, and you get 10% per year of that compounding interest, right. you shall have 3.5 million right. by the time you're ready to retire. Is that enough to retire? It depends. Right. I generally peg it at about two to three million. Mm. For, for retirement, yeah. you know, I generally peg it there. Now some people will need less and some people will need more depending on what they like to do. Right. But, but, um, over the course of a career, you know, that's about where I peg it. And a lot of people, when they, um, there are certain key crucial moments when they consider things like life insurance, right? right. They consider life insurance when they have children. Mm-hmm. Right. Usually it's like, oh, there's another life that depends on me now. And if I, you know, one of the ways in which that young life depends on me as a parent is financial. Right. right? So if I get hit by a truck or something like that, I need something to at least protect that person's future. Right. Um, that's worth it to me. Right. Yeah. That's worth the several hundred dollars or whatever it is people are going to invest totally. into. A the life sacrifice financially. Right. Other you know. job or getting extra part-time work or whatever right whatever it is um and they don't necessarily think of like oh i have a child let me see if i can start a policy for the child so that that can grow Mm -hmm. eventually when that child grows to the point where he or she has his or her own income he or she can take over right or by that time maybe the interest on that on that product is going to pay for the cost of the product itself and we won't have to pay for it. They have that protection and they can use it for their retirement later. It's, it's, it's very smart. It's very smart, but people, you know, when we say life insurance, people don't, not everybody would automatically think, Oh, that's a retirement tool. Right. Um, so, and, and normally this cost is, as you mentioned, out of pocket. It's not something, that, you know, kind of gets figured into the equation from work, like our 401ks, um, those are uh, qualified plans. We never see that money. It's right. just put aside for us and we see what we see when we get our paychecks yep. and we live our lives and we don't feel the impact of that missing money right. because that's for later. Yeah. Um, so... So there's the opportunity aspect that I focus on as an educator of young people and hoping that they can at least get financial education from um, listening. I've spoken to a number of graduates, right, who are now young adults. And I've been to many a tea house Mm. to share, you know, some some tea or something and talk about. Now, just so you know what's out there, Right. right, this is what I plan to do with mine, right? And and for myself, <clears throat> my mother survived breast cancer. Mm. 
she's still flying as a flight attendant. Yeah. That's amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the, but she has cancer in her health history, and my father had nasopharyngeal cancer as well. Mm-hmm. So thinking, okay, cancer is on both sides of my family, and you know it's pretty prevalent. This cancer yeah. thing, it's yeah. you know uh, breathe breathing will kind of do it, you know, that will cause some damage to the DNA or whatever. Um, There are certain vulnerabilities that are there all the time. I don't want to have a situation where, um, like my father's situation was such that his health insurance could not cover all of his medical costs Mm -hmm. associated with chemotherapy. He didn't go through chemo, but he went through radiation. Mm -hmm. Even just the radiation treatments exhausted his medical insurance and he had maybe about $150,000 in medical debt he could not pay. Mm-hmm. That drove him to bankruptcy in his like early 60s right. before Medicare could kick in. Really awful time. Yeah. <laughs> really awful time. Had to sell the house, you know, had to move into a rental unit and kind of the last few years of his life were just much more difficult than they would have been had he had something with living benefits in place. That's sort of ideologically um, one of my big motivations for wanting to share living benefits in general with people. Because they can take care of you if you become ill. Never mind if you die, right? If you die, of course, there's normal... Any life insurance has that that death benefit. Um, And... This kind of life insurance that I work with now also has, as I mentioned, developed cash value. So you have a risk-free investment feature where the insurance company will guarantee you no loss to your principal. So when you pay money into this life insurance product, you it's not like the money goes away. Right? right? Car insurance is different. You pay the money, the money is gone. Right. You're not going to see that ever again. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, health insurance, you pay the money and whether or not you go to use your health insurance, it's, it's gone. Hopefully, you know, for those who are employed in this situation where the employer pays that good, that's worth quite a bit, you know, um, but, but in general, it's not something that's saved anywhere for you. It doesn't grow for you into an investment it doesn't become something that guarantees you lifetime income now there there is such a thing as a health savings account and that can lead to tax-free income structures Mm. um but that's that's you have to have the right kind of health insurance in the first place to use an hsa so so there's there's you know there there are instruments that have grown out of these financial concerns that people have and i really do think that the insurance industry has a bright future if people can see it as something that helps them, helps them grow into a more prosperous situation and helps them have a more secure situation right now. One of my questions um, when I first started kind of looking into living benefits was, so what about health insurance? Like what you're telling me is, I can access my policy's death benefit before I die. Like, I don't have to die in order to use my policy's death benefit. So in my own case, I have a million-dollar policy for which I pay something like $750 or $760 a month. Um, Stephen, my friends are like, Stephen, why do you you need so much? And I said, well, if I don't become ill, I plan to use it as part of my retirement. So mm-hmm. I do want something large enough that I can 
have significant cash value growth. Sure. I also want to protect my house, right? People, when they have children or when they buy a home, if you buy a $500,000 home, you probably have, if you have a mortgage, right. right? You probably want something that at least will cover the mortgage of your home so that if you pass away before it's paid off, your family doesn't have to lose the house, right? right? That's another time, a key moment in which people will say, okay, I will cough up this money to have this product to protect my family. That's worth it, right? Um, I, if I, if I, with this one product, what I love about it is with this one product that I'm working with right now, um, I can protect myself if I become ill and if I don't become ill, knock on wood, I, I, I can use it as part of my tax-free retirement, which I need because all of my retirement plans so far are taxable, right? right? So I was like, oh, okay, let me put in place a Roth IRA. I have one of those. Mm-hmm. And let me put in place life insurance so that I can balance right. my retirement portfolio. Right. Um, does that mean I will have enough money in the future? I hope so, right? But the point of that is... There are many people who retire when they are, you know, supposed to retire and they live for a long time after that. Right. And when they run out of resources, it also affects the dignity with which they can live. Then it becomes their children, their grandchildren in some cases with the resources. They have the money mm-hmm. so they can say, well, let's just put mom or dad in such and such home. Right. Uh, let's put grandma or grandpa in such and such home and we'll pay for it. And that'll be the end of that discussion because we, we are the ones paying the money. So we should get to decide, right. right? And here's this elderly person who no longer feels like they have a voice for their own life because they don't have the resources. Right. And I do hope that people in their older age get to preserve their dignity and say, well, you know what? I think I'm going to choose something else. Yeah. You know, for the large part, uh, if I'm an older person, uh, if I if I've planned judiciously throughout my life, and I've kind of you know, done had good enough fortune to not have major financial catastrophes or things like that, uh, maybe my mortgage is paid off. Maybe the bulk of my financial commitments are met, mm-hmm. right? So I don't need a ton of income. Right? In my old age, I may not need. A hundred thousand a year, right? Right. I may just need this thirty, forty thousand a year to help some people around me mm-hmm. to live my life comfortably, totally. you know, and to and to be able to call the shot. I shall not. I shall not go to this nursing home or whatever. Right, I would right. rather be at home, yeah. you know, and no one can say anything because I have control of these resources, right? right. So the preservation of dignity is really important. The accessibility of opportunity is really important. The protection against Ill- critical or chronic illness or critical injury or terminal illness is really important. Yeah. Um, all of this is figuring into why I, I'm happy to and proud to be in this industry. Uh, I know that, you know, it, it has um, in the past, you know, because of the way some, some things have gone um, in, in the history of the insurance industry, insurance agents have kind of struggled to gain trust. Sure. Um, I remember in some of my earlier trainings, one of my trainers said, you know, the number one mistrusted population in the United States, 
used car salesman. Okay, whew, at least that's not us, right? Right, right? Number two, most mistrusted person, insurance agent, right? So, and it shouldn't really be like that, but part of the reason it is like that is because in the industry, we've had some people, um, some, some licensed uh, people who perhaps didn't really necessarily conduct themselves with the utmost professionalism or didn't make people aware of all the risks involved in sure. some of these investment vehicles. Um, you know, they were thinking of the fiduciary yes, obligation that they have. Yes. The, uh, variable contracts sometimes went really poorly for people. Now they've gone amazingly for some people, you know, but they've all, some of them had gone pretty poorly for some people in the nineties yeah. and that, you know, caused a loss of trust. And, um, I don't, my, my hope is that people would not see insurance agents as predatory people in general. Right. We wouldn't do this if we didn't think products were actually available that could help. Yeah. Um, and in so I was the my history in the industry began like nine years ago, ten years ago, mm-hmm. uh, when I became a health and life insurance agent working with health insurance plans. Right. What I found was while the products would be helpful, they were also very expensive, and I kind of felt like this is. A little bit not helpful. This is a little bit bordering on not helpful enough. Yeah, regardless of the necessity of it. Yes. You know, the coverage. Yes. And and if your employer wasn't going to cough up half at least, you know, it's like... Yes, you know. What what are we really doing here? This is a little, you know, I didn't feel that great about it. Right. And, um... When I came back, I, I after about maybe six months, I exited the industry. Thought, okay, this was kept edu- your license. This was education. You know, renewed, yeah, yeah this was license, this is so. yeah. That's right. This is just educational. That's fine. I didn't learn any of this in school, so I'm very thankful to have a professional industry to learn about these tools and kind of right. kind of understand how these systems work. Uh, Ten years later, my mother calls me at like eleven o'clock at night one night, right, and says. Yeah. Steven, I hope it's not too late to call you, right? And I'm like, huh? What? Late? Um, call? What? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, right? And she says, oh, I'm part of something. I think it's going to be really wonderful. Um, I want you to listen to a presentation. I want you to meet somebody to, who will explain to you, right, right um, what this is. And as a person with a license, I was skeptical. I was kind of like, oh, my you know, like I, we've already tried this racket. Right. We didn't, we, we, we said we wouldn't want to do that yeah. anymore. Right. So why, why should I, uh, fine. Well, because mother asked me to do it. I will come listen to this thing. We probably talked for about six hours in that appointment. Wow. <laughs> we were probably talking about it because I had... Because you were over sushi or... Cause I, yeah, because I, I had some questions, you know? Right. And when I heard about living benefits, the first person I thought about was my dad, whose story you, you kind of know right. now, right. you know? Um, I wish I had it for him. I didn't have it at the time that he became ill. Um, so, so that part is sad. But I would like to help other families avoid those kinds of situations. Yeah. I would like to help young people, especially young people, but any people who are interested in learning about find the education part and perhaps becoming professionals themselves to help other people, right? So a structure in which opportunity can be made available to people is really 
nice. Yeah. Um, it helps me. As I mentioned, that's the thing that keeps me up at night. Um, and then for myself, you know, maybe I need some better coverage than just something there to protect me if I happen to die. Right. Um, so I took advantage of that opportunity to be my own agent for my own policy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was helpful. Which has its own perks. Right. I, I do get to uh, sort of service my own uh, my own policy. So if I need anything, I can call the insurance company myself and be like, I am the servicing agent on this. Yeah. Um, it makes things a little faster sometimes. Um, More understandable too. Right. So, and, and just, you know, as I, as I, um, as I grow in the business, I see income from it. Um, I see team members excited about learning, excited about growing and excited about sharing. Um, Just today, later, I have an appointment to see uh, a team member's brother who uh, is going to be um, perhaps filling out the first portion of that team member's team. So to see like a team member have a team of five people under, it's, it's, it's very nice to see the excitement um, and it's very nice to be of service. This is a yeah. service industry. Right. So um, I don't want people to think that, you know, it's just a, you know, sort of a, a predatory industry designed to take people's money and right. not give them very much in, in, in return. Sure. Um, and there's where I'm proud to be working with National Life Group, which is 170 years old, the second oldest life insurance company in the country. Mm-hmm. They have uh, survived, as you mentioned, your father's business built to survive these um, events, right? Uh, Collapses. We have, <laughs> we have uh, you know, the gold rush that National Life Group was around for. Titanic was one of these kinds of big moments in the country's history. Um, fast forward, 9-11 yeah. is one of these big moments, yeah. right? And, um, and we're in financial times where I dare say I do feel as though um, if I had to manage my investments myself at this particular time in this particular climate, I personally don't have the skill right. uh, or the time or patience to read enough research to feel comfortable managing my own investments and even as as we all know like these investments even if you do all the research even if you can come up with all these rationales the markets are emotional and um there's an emotional there's an emotional component (laughs) you know and you it's it has become difficult for me to predict right so I'm very thankful for the professionals who do it every day and enjoy doing it right. and will do that on behalf of their clients so that we can do other things. And agents. I lo- yes, yeah. and agents. And I love... Uh, I, so I, I, you mentioned that I have added this onto my existing career as a teacher and a performer. Right. I will always be involved in music for as long as I can be because I, I'm made of this stuff. I just right. love... I just, my very cells, like, you know, are made of music. Yeah. I'm getting to a point now where I'm probably going to jump back in, which it just makes me laugh because I told my wife for years that, like, I don't want to do it anymore because I just get, I'm all or nothing. So it's like, it's either all my life or I don't want to even look at it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But, um, but yeah, like you said, music's always going to be in your life, but 
this is also... This is, this is something... It's another way to make a contribution where if I were just a musician, I would feel a little bit at a loss, you right. know? I just... I don't know. I want all these people that I interact with to have bright futures. I want them to have opportunities they want. Right. Um, and I feel that my ability to support them is limited. That's true of anybody. Um, but I'm very happy to have something educational to share with them. Um, and hopefully it leads to more awareness yeah. of what is there and they yeah. can choose for themselves whether or not uh, something like life insurance is a good fit. Yeah. We've been through several product iterations. We started with term life, right, which is just very simple, yeah. something for a limited amount of time. And um, we moved on to whole life protection, which is permanent life insurance. Uh, New York Life comes to mind, having done a lot of that business um, to to protect people for their entire lives up to the age of 100 or something like that is, yeah. is what it began as, I think. Um, now we have products that will go up to 120 mm -hmm. or something like that. It's it's even longer because there are people who get up there. Congratulations. Right. You right, know. Right. Why should they have to suffer because they, you know, they made it to that, that point? Um, but no, I mean, I think that the products have, have evolved after that. Uh, probably, you know, variable contracts or variable universal products. Um, these are connected to investment vehicles and they right. require a lot of education on the part of the agent. Um, right. You have to get your series six, your series 63, your series seven. It's a lot of licensing. Um, and Do you even, see yourself doing that? I, I am not working with variable contracts at this time, partly because I find the, uh, I find, as I mentioned, I find the investment climate for individual stocks at least, um, or securities yeah. uh, to be really, um, less predictable than I would like. Right. And so More I, of a gamble. I feel, yeah, yeah, I don't feel as comfortable offering something. It, it has a high, uh, potential of return, right? The upside potential is large for right. variable contracts, right. but yeah. the downside risk is too large for me to be comfortable with. Yeah. So I choose not to really yeah. introduce those so much. I'm glad you said that too. Cause like that was something that I had to decide on because mm -hmm. you know, at a certain point, you know, looking like at my dad's book of business, half of, or I should say a majority of his book is, is retirement plans. Yes. And I literally, even though I've tried passing, the series 65 multiple times and failed miserably. Um, it, it actually, it, it kind of made sense to me that maybe just the reason why it's not clicking is because, you know, I, I'm not comfortable with it or, or, you know, or maybe it's just not a part of what I can offer my clients. And then, but the greatest thing that I found out was there's other alternatives to just investing in stocks or yes. as a retirement vehicle, like you've said, there's other instruments out there and even starting your own business, investing in real estate and, Absolutely. you know, buying commodities Absolutely. are, are just as good, if not better for the normal, like everyday, um, I don't say worker, but like, you know, for, for the practicality of it, yes. it's way more practical to, to be able to do those three things than, you know, to get with a company that's sustainable for 
as long as you're going to be working with them and then retire on. It's like, yes, that's, that seems more of a gamble than anything. Yes. You know? It it has become, I mean, I think this is how labor has been changing too. Um, fewer people are with a one company for 40 years right. and then retire from that company. And that was the contribution that they made, you know, professionally. Uh, fewer people are in that situation than a couple generations ago yeah. or even one generation ago, right? Yeah. So I, I think that something that's... Um, the financial education piece allows people to think more flexibly about their futures. Yeah. How are they going to achieve the financial position that they want? Now, we see um, you know, people with a, a large amount of resources... Um, doing things like life insurance. Right. Oh, great. Tax haven. Let's just right. Right, put all the money we can. And so, and so you have the insurance industry kind of coming in and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. You cannot, do, you cannot just endlessly put your cash into a life insurance policy and then say, oh, now I want to take it out tax-free. Right. That's not, so they put in place this this limit right this this limit of contribution it's a formula but if you put too much money into your permanent cash value developing life insurance product Mm -hmm. if you put too much money into it uh in a set amount of time you it transforms your contract into a into what's called a modified endowment contract which kind of eliminates the benefits of the whole life policy in general then you will have to pay tax yeah you know, so they put some cap in there and you get this sense that like, huh, well, if these people who are like super, you know, have a lot of resources are going to use this instrument to help themselves, maybe I should take a look at it. I can't do what those rich people are doing on that scale because right. I don't have $10 million to throw around, right? For example, yeah. but, but I can do part of it. I can do a little bit of it to help myself in the same way that they might be helping themselves. I can consider that, right? right? Um, so we see that. And, and as far as tax-free retirement you know, plans go, th- there are several, I, Roth IRA or a Roth uh, 403B or Roth uh, 401K. Mm-hmm. Um, the municipal bond route has some risks, but you know, right. I think Detroit once defaulted on its bond commitments, and oh, wow. that was a risk for the investors involved in that. It's not subject Almost to any... Almost sounds like an emerging market Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like you really don't want those, uh, you know, the government to default on those bond commitments. Um, it, you know, that's one route, though. This health savings account route is another. I mean, it's meant you put money in there supposedly to cover medical expenses you currently have, but you don't have to pay it out now. Right. You can just contribute to it. There's some limit, like it was like 3450 or something per year yeah. uh, if you're under the age of 55. A thousand more if you're over 55, I think it is. Um, you can put in there and then you can reimburse yourself for medical expenses mm. when it's time, right? When you're retired and your Medicare is going to kick in those expenses can include Medicare costs, sure. right? So you kind of, it becomes a way to get tax-free retirement income um, while also having gotten a tax deduction on the contributions when you right. put the money in. So HSAs are popular in that regard yeah. for, for that kind of reason. Um, and then finally, the, the fifth one I think of is, is life insurance, you know, that develops yeah. cash value. 
Um, so whole life products I'm, I'm good with, with people who really want guarantees, mm-hmm. right? The upside potential is not as high, but the downside risk is very, min- it's really yeah. minimal yeah. Uh, when it comes to these products. They have the lowest downside risk. Yeah. Um, those insurance companies will guarantee you this 3% or 4% return, right? Uh, and they'll calculate it however your agent and you decide, you know, you want it calculated, sometimes point to point. Just take a data point on the day that your policy was born. Mm-hmm. And exactly one year later, take a data point, see how that is going. And, yeah. and, and that becomes the new beginning for the next year. Or, or they can take like monthly data and average it out or whatever. There are yeah. any number of approaches. Um, so, so what I hope is that consumers can have those discussions with their agents because otherwise why would you need an agent, right? I mean, you need yeah, an agent yeah. to help you, uh, to give you the service that you yeah, need. Guide the, you. Yeah. Or at least tell you something that you might not have known. Let you know yeah. that it is there, right? Yeah. Um, and so variable contracts, as I mentioned, for me personally, just the, the downside risk is too high for me to be comfortable Right. Um, so I don't anticipate offering those, but I yeah. do like, uh, I do like these index universal life products that <clears throat> have come out in the last 10 years or so, mm-hmm. um, because they generally offer some level of guarantee, like 0%. Sure. Um, right. If the index that they're connected to falls, at least the insurance company will guarantee your cash value will not suffer loss. Right. <clears throat> so in a way I can invest without risk, assuming that the insurance company itself is solvent and able to pay claims and right, right. doesn't need that money for something else, right? Then they will guarantee you that they will, that you will maintain your cash value right. at least. And the FDIC, <clears throat> do they cover... That to a certain point? I no, remember. I think only um, like... Is that one of the security that's, side? Yeah, yeah, I think that's not... I don't think FDIC gets involved in the insurance um, markets like for, for IULs at least. Yeah. Um, but the insurance companies themselves will provide those guarantees contingent on the company's ability to pay claims. Sure. Um, so the more established, you know... I mean, you see all manner of insurance companies out there. There are... There are insurance outfits I've never heard of, and they and they and they you know friends and people who have been referred to me or relatives or whoever people come to me and show me these policies from companies I've never heard of, right. and those companies are still around. Yeah. They don't go away. Yeah, you know yeah. they can pay their claims. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, one thing I was gonna say was uh-huh. uh, I, I heard a very interesting podcast yesterday. Um, driving home from San Diego mm-hmm. about Gen Z, you know, the, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the generation that, you know, doesn't rem- like, can't really recall like nine 11, right. you know, any, any child, I think it was like five years at that age and, and younger, I guess. Um, but how, how they're more financially savvy than the millennials and, and how they're, they're actually <laughs> going to be looking for retirement, uh, outlets or instruments and mm-hmm. and hopefully you know life and uh, you know life insurance with living benefits is going to be something that they hear more about and um hopefully you know i can promote this to them this is but, the hope yeah 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 but uh it was, that was a very interesting thing just just talking about 
just the idea of retirement and all the different vehicles you can use. But, you know, given, given them going through and seeing the, the 2008, um, collapse or crash, I should mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. Um, but then now, you know, we're currently going through one right now. We just don't know it. Um, sure. we're almost, I mean, I think the NASDAQ is supposed to hit a bear market soon and then the others will follow. But, um, long story short is, you know, it's, it's exciting to know one that they're, they're looking into it already at a young age, you know, 22 years of age. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And, and also, you know, even as employees too, you know, even hiring some of these, um, you know, these people coming into the workforce or who are ready in the workforce, you know, they're going to be probably one of the best type of advocates for, living benefits of life insurance. Yes. Yes. I I hope that the demand rises with the awareness. I want that, right? I see that product available. I I want that. Do you have that? You don't have that. Then you're sort of not as competitive, you know? So for competition to drive the market in a good direction, I I hope for this to be part of the evolution of the insurance industry in general. Uh, These young people that we're talking about, you know, um, I'm thrilled to to see that and hear that about their planning because these instruments, um, as with many, many types of instruments in many different disciplines, they function, they perform very efficiently and very well if they are given time. Right. If you don't have time, then it's not as good for them, right? right? It's not as good for their performance in general. And um, the thing that makes these kinds of products cost more, the biggest factor is still the age. Right. So The sooner they start, the better. Yeah. One of my clients is 19, (laughs) For him to have, he's like, okay, I can put in $250 a month. Right. How much insurance would that get me? In that case, it was much more than I could get. Sure. Right? Sure. And I'm, I'm looking at a figure upwards of $600,000 in coverage. And I told him, you know, well, gosh, I pay, you know, three times that much. Right, right. Uh, and, and granted, you know, I, I, I'm getting a million dollars in coverage, but... But that's a really I, I could never get that deal unless I were your age, right? Um, so so what what I do want um, sort of to be in the consideration as people consider, uh, especially young people as they consider these these vehicles, these products to help themselves with, is that if they put it off, if they wait and wait and wait it um, becomes more and more difficult to secure the benefits that they would have wanted right. out of such a product. Right. It costs more. Yeah. You yeah. know? Uh, well, last thing I wanted to uh, say, and I'm, we can definitely wrap it up because it's almost been an hour, which is awesome. It's cool. Um, but, you know, the fact that you said, you know, your team, you know, you've, you've, got, you've got people that you're you're working with and you're developing and you're partnering and, um, mentoring, Mm -hmm. um, is, is awesome to, for the first, or to say the least, it's so awesome. But just so you know, too, on my end, like that's my goal too, is to have a department, you know, a team of people that work through SoCal QOL that are, you know, 
they're like they feel mandated to to make this you know cover you know at least southern california this is our mission yeah yeah and uh so i'm excited to see that um and you know who who is involved in it and yes um you know obviously we'll get your expertise as well sure um, sure you know I, i'm always we're a part of your team now i'm <laughs> always available um yeah always available um to contribute whatever i can um but i think that's really exciting i think that um you know building business to scale is one of the one of the incredible ways to um sort of accelerate uh financial freedom yeah and i look at many people whom i feel have really struggled with this idea of financial freedom they are maybe in their early 50s and it looks as though they may not ever really achieve the degree of financial freedom they wanted uh and that is that is um difficult yeah it's difficult you know when you have worked uh as much as some of them have i i really i'm i feel very sad because i really feel like they deserve to have you know more yeah. comfort than they are experiencing right. but they put in the same amount of time right that others have and... right um but i i do think that it, it's it's a mission to help people navigate a very difficult topic right financial health that affects your you know financial freedom that 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 is a cornerstone of your time freedom that can affect other kinds of well-being that you're talking about it's it's one of the major um cornerstones yeah of your overall health and those topics are not easy to navigate by oneself so to spend our time becoming aware of what is available and what would fit people the best is a service and yeah. i'm i'm very i'm proud to be a part of that i'm thankful to have my team and to have you on it and yeah. and to offer what i can to it i know that um there are a number of considerations that come into play when people consider things like life insurance yeah. um personal culture um there are sort of regional cultures right there are geographical cultures there are cultures that come from heritage there there are thought cultures boil it down to thought cultures the yeah. way people think one of my team members said you know in general i feel like my community that i'm exposed to they are so not used to saving right. they just they want to spend it on themselves and um i'm I'm on this mission to transform that. And we sat at an appointment when we brought in three team members for this person. Mm -hmm. And he said, I, I didn't expect them to be so receptive to what you were saying, but right. they all wanted to get in on it. And some of the, maybe a couple of them just to support uh, him mm -hmm. because they're his elders in yeah. his family. But one of them is like, no, I want to do it with you. I, for myself, I want to build this business, right? So there right. are people who are um, looking into the business just to get their toes wet and kind of check, see if there's something new for them. Yeah. And there are other people who are just really jumping in and really wanting to do it. That's, that's all very good and very well. Um, but we're, we're, we're looking at um, people who have different preconceived notions 
about insurance and about financial management. Um, And I think it's a never-ending learning experience to um, address diverse people and see if we have something in what we are offering that uh, Chinese say which is like give the medicine according to the syndrome mm. you know what are their needs right what do they want some very wealthy clients they don't care about their policies cash value growth right. they have enough retirement they sure, don't care sure. it's not what they want they just want to guarantee a 10 million dollar payout for their descendants when they pass away right and they want that guarantee for as little cost as possible. What can you do? Yeah. Right? So then I, I might say something like, okay, let me show you some... Because our illustrations are done in computerized models, I can just click this button that says protection focus. Right. And we can take out the cost associated with your cash value growth. Now, that makes your policy cheaper, but... You understand you're not going to be using this for retirement right yeah. so we just have to make it clear mm-hmm. we can answer this need a little bit better um but we it 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 balances the resources differently and you're gonna you're gonna need to know the difference um uh, going in so yeah. and i think that kind of disclosure is part of what you say this fiduciary duty we really because yeah. we're handling other people's money yeah. really that that is a really key and like the most important part yeah. well and it's it's a, it's this ethical moral side too um like you said second most untrusted industry right why people. is that you know yeah. and uh <laughs> you know and that's what's funny is as far as wellness goes spiritually they call it spiritual wellness but it's 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 not just you know believing in god or jesus it's more so your morals and ethics mm-hmm. and you know we need to all have that compass and um, you know, maybe it's something we can talk about in a, in a future podcast, in a but, future podcast but, uh, but no, it's just, it's, it's, it's so amazing to me how, like you said, how diverse wellness is, but also how interconnected they all are, you mm-hmm. know, and if one falls, you know, you might lose a few other, there's too many breaks in the chain, you know, your life could just go to shambles. So. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you so much, Stephen. Thank you, um, Scott. Yeah. Uh, I, I know we can keep talking. Of and course. There's yeah. always the there's future. Always more, yeah. I can always come up and visit you, too. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but no, this was amazing. And uh, yeah, the beginning uh, of just, yeah, an amazing future for not only me and you, but just anyone else who gets involved and um, who gets the benefits of of something like, you know, uh, living benefits. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's the service we hope to provide. So I'm very proud to present it alongside you and to be part of it with you. Um, I hope we serve many people. Yeah. And I hope that means that more people can have, um, you know, healthier, um, experiences, longer experiences, more, more of the experiences that they want because of something that um, the companies we work with and uh, our service made available. Yeah, you know, and 100%. Uh, and I hope that uh, I, I mean I I am I am more connected. Um, as I mentioned, as a as a teacher, I'm connected with the young, and I I worry about them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm very happy to hear that they are looking at it, they are thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, it was crazy. All the things I was listening, I was like, I'll have to study the podcast. But it was just, 
it was like, wow, that's good to know. And, and yeah, excited to just see where they end up in the... Yeah. How's that going to pan out? I'm, I'm very interested to see. I, of course, I guess we need to go through all that time in order to see. But, uh, yeah. but uh, we'll I, I always feel like, you know, getting to see what they are going to create is uh, always... Future is very bright. The payoff, you yeah. know. I'm excited to see what they make. Because I, I, I probably would never have thought of it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but I'm glad they will. Because <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that's and that's almost the job of a teacher, a mentor is, yeah. is just giving them the chance or the option or just the support, yeah. you know, physically yeah. or, uh, yeah. So I look forward to when you are doing that for your team, mm-hmm. as you build that out and scale mm-hmm. that, I, I look forward to that because, yeah. uh. You know, it, it's a business that thrives on a lot of heart and um, you have a huge heart and I just, I think that's going to go so far. I think yours rubbed off on me. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you.